Sirens. Chapter 10. Did no fate mean no future? Marianne tossed restlessly, eyes refusing to stay closed for longer than a minute or two, bouncing between worry and the futile attempt to force herself to sleep. Ash slumbered away, because she had to, or she could. After admiring her sleeping face for a while, she started to feel jealous. She rolled over again, gritty eyes staring at the sky. Everyone had a future. What did it mean if someone who could see futures couldn't see yours? She straightened the blankets and punched her pillow. The sun through the curtains was a warm, yellowish color. The cloth billowed in the wind, making the shadows dance and twist. Her tired eyes insisted on making them seem... unfamiliar. Something like that. Unreal. They snapped in a sudden gust, stirring the still air. Cedar, she thought. There were bits of cedar in the dresser drawers. The smell was coming from those. Cedar and dryness. It got rid of bugs and made things smell nice. The apartment always smelled purposeful. Did that make sense? Not always nice. Ash brought home a cheese once that had smelled so gross she'd gone out to study on the balcony, but it never smelled like something was growing in the walls. Maybe that was it. All of this was new. Maybe all of the stuff that had happened had pushed her into some new future that just wasn't clear yet. That didn't sound so bad. And since Ash was who she was, maybe that blurred things. Or maybe I'm talking out of my ass. That was more likely. She was good at pretending she knew what she was doing. Still, her mind was pleased with itself. She rolled over again and cuddled up behind Ash. They swapped sometimes, but Marianne secretly liked being the big spoon. Ash felt comfortable, sheathed in a men's v-neck undershirt. It was old and soft, not gross or stained or anything. Gently aged, like Ash. When she slept, all of the little movements that hinted at life vanished. Sometimes Marianne played a game with herself, trying to slow her own body down to some kind of serenity. When she did, the nightmares eased up, and the shitty memories. There was no doing it today, but it was still nice to be close to her. Bobby hadn't been into cuddling unless he was pretty sure it would end in a blowjob, followed by a beer or a video game. Or maybe she was being unfair. Stupid kids did stupid things. She'd opened a gate to a hell dimension. That had to be worse than being a typical horny guy. They'd fucked up. He'd... But he'd stood up and done the right thing. She nuzzled Ash's hair. With a little hesitation, she let her hand drift down, feeling the way the cotton slid over Ash's flawless stomach. The sensation was soothing. Thoughts of the black cottonwood in the hallway receded. The sunset, the last diffused glow turning the room fiery orange, it made Ash luminous. Good morning, my girl. She covered Marianne's hand with her own, so to speak. Ready to fight the good fight? After food, I think there's a bagel left. Oops. She watched Ash make pancakes admiring the graceful dance of it. She could manage basic stuff, like the fried crap at the gas station. It was just that 
everything tasted better when Ash made it. Where did you learn to cook so good? Hmm, thank you. Ash flashed a smile. Working in kitchens is a good way to move around. I heard that's what typhoid m- She cut herself off, but Ash laughed. You're a pickin' mix of trivia. Sorry. No worries. She was an outlier, no mistake. But it wasn't easy for the Irish for a good long time. Not in England, not in America. Hard to begrudge a woman doing the work she knew. People died. So they did, she said. Sorry. I wasn't there. What do I know? Ash flipped a golden pancake. Do you know what they called the ships that brought the Irish here? Marianne shook her head. She wanted to hold her breath. Ash rarely talked about the past. Coffin ships, they were called. And so they were, for many of us. Creaking, stinking holes full of disease. They took our crops as rent and let us starve when the blight hit. The survivors, they put off their land, paid small coin to send us to North America, or promised it and paid nothing at all. Her hands never paused in her work. They were blunt about their work, the English. It was just the Irish. Catholics, mostly. Useless people, taking up land that could be better put to making profits. Death or immigration. It would get rid of the surplus population, so the lords said. Like Scrooge. Ash nodded. Real people, powerful people, said such things in earnest. Poisonous thoughts. Worse than the blight, in the end. Not to say Mary Mallon was right. Not to believe the doctors. Dumb as a rock or evil, after seeing it happen in her wake. It was a terrible way to die, just like all diseases. Worse then, worse than anything you've seen. Modern medicine grows more wonderful by the day to make them a memory. I only wonder how much care they'd have had of it if she'd cooked for the Irish. Or slaves. Or the freedmen. Or the Italians. Or whoever else they hated in the moment. And maybe she did. Who would notice? I'm sorry, Ash. I just say stupid shit. It's just stuff from a book to me. Ash did pause then. She could have been a painting. You've said nothing foolish, my girl. The past is a foreign land, they say. One I'm often glad to be quit of. I should have been more considerate. And I should stop harboring old grudges. She kissed Marianne and set a plate of pancakes down. Don't give it another thought, my darling. She cocked her head. I can see you brooding already. Marianne smiled. All right, okay. I'll try not to brood. She doused her pancakes with syrup, proper Quebec stuff, and dug in, mostly finished before Ash was back with strawberries and whipped cream for them. They both looked at the berries. There's still room, Marianne pointed. Ash placed one bright red berry on the lonely bit of pancake that remained and sat at the table, nibbling at a strawberry herself. Marianne's eyes traveled to the painting behind her. If Ash felt so strongly about hundred-year-old stories, she probably felt strongly about that. Was she the dark-haired woman in it? It was a bit intimidating, all that history. But sort of cool, too. Like trying to figure out a really beautiful puzzle. Still not sure about the typhoid Mary thing. But she couldn't really imagine living in the fifties, much less all the way back then. So who was she to judge? She wondered about the painting as she washed the dishes, 
scrubbing syrup off her plate. Maybe I should paint it. That would be cool, being able to paint. Time to learn all those things. Time and money. Her eyes skipped over the marble countertops and brushed middle fridge. How long had Ash had money anyway? She'd been an orphaned farm girl when Marianne traveled into the past. If the Irish were as poor as her story said, then her money must have come from somewhere else. Her phone started shrieking. She looked at her soapy hands. Shit. Ash appeared, hitting the button and holding it for her. Mare? Are you there? Matt, hey, what's up? She caught Ash's expression from the corner of her eye and bumped hips gently, rewarded with a wry smile. She dried her hands and claimed the phone. I wasn't sure if this was worth calling about. What is it? I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm crazy? Maybe. Tell me first. Shit, sorry. She heard Bobo barking in the background, then a door shutting, and the barking was muffled. You're at home? Just got here. I was at work. There was a long silence. Matt? I'm probably crazy. I thought I heard someone singing. Like before? A woman's voice? She met Ash's eyes. I mean, it might have just been someone listening to music. Like headphones. But you don't really think so. I don't know. He made a frustrated sound. I feel like I'm paranoid or something. And that's what it feels like. Paranoid. Crazy. But if you think it was weird, then you should trust your gut. Okay, he said finally. Okay, so it was weird. It reminded me of the thing out in Hope. It sounded like it. Your office near water? It's Van, Mare. Everything is near water. Closer than you are now, she asked, ignoring his snark. I don't know. Maybe? I was near water. Now I'm near different water. Kinda. Christ, I don't know. We'll come and check things out. Ash vanished into the bedroom. Make sure Bobo is locked up somewhere. What? Why? Ash doesn't get along with dogs. Fine. Okay. Okay. We'll be there soon. Don't you, like, need my address or something? Shit. God, yeah. Sorry. He laughed and she relaxed. You can call me a dumbass later. Maybe after all this is done. She scribbled down his address. It seemed like the thing to do. Look, keep the door closed until you see that it's me there. Just in case. You think it could look like you? Or sound like me? Maybe? Was the code word too paranoid? If it's me, I'll say pierogi. Got it. Hope no door-to-door pierogi salesmen come by. Boo. Yeah, that was bad. She packed her bag for hunting. Ash did, too, and dressed for it. Black shirt, comfortable jeans, and sturdy boots. Well, as much as she dressed down for anything. For a plain shirt, it probably cost 50 bucks. She drove, and Marianne checked and rechecked her bag. How tough do you think that thing is? Pretty tough. Iron might still work, right? We'll try what we know. If it doesn't work, we'll improvise. Why do you think it followed him? Sexy guy. Ash. (laughs) She drummed her fingers on the wheel, waiting for a light. Sometimes spirits will attach themselves to people, places, or things. Like ghosts and poltergeists and stuff. Exactly so. Marianne thought fleetingly of pea soup and attack clowns. The longer they stay, the harder they are to get rid of. Maybe, having met him, it's easier to cast her spell over him. Do you think it just hates men? Only men can hear it, and it always attacks them. Maybe so, 
but there are other reasons, something she wants from them, or they're easy prey for her, or she desires them but can't have them. She may not think anything of them at all. It's hard to say when we're guessing from ancient myths and new monsters. Sirens led men to their doom. It was always phrased that way. Maybe only men were out trading and adventuring back then. She remembered the girls at school, the ones who were really into reading witch books. One of them was in her AP English class, and they'd been talking about myths. The girl had argued for the entire period, like a dog, one of the guys said, and Marianne sensed all the sharp edges on that particular word, and that they only had half of the story. Calling it true was like judging a debate after listening to one side. She wouldn't let it go, even when everyone else was shifting around in their chairs, and Marianne had cringed, embarrassment splashing over her by the simple virtue of being the same gender. She didn't want to be that girl. Definitely not then. It might have been helpful if someone asked the sirens what they wanted, she said, feeling a dim, directionless anger. Ash pulled up to the townhouse. The curtains were closed, but she thought she saw one twitch. Anyway, Matt was waiting to open the door for them after the code word and locked it behind them. Where's Bobo? I sent him to his pet sitter, in case... She'll take care of him anyway. Matt had changed into ratty jeans and a comfortable t-shirt. Or maybe that's what computer nerds wore. There was a minute of awkward silence. She felt Ash behind her, close enough to make her shiver. Well, welcome to my gracious home. Everything in his living room was sleek and black or gray or white. Nice TV, nice stereo, nice furniture. She half expected a dramatic sports photo, like a Stanley Cup victory or some flexible soccer or football, she corrected, looking at Ash guiltily. Goal. Instead, it was an architectural modern piece on the wall. She wondered if he'd had someone decorate. It looked so much like a catalogue. Except for the doggy bed and a pile of much-loved, very chewed toys in a box beside it. She couldn't help a smile. She'd never had a pet. But the capacity to dote on one instantly made people more likable. Want a drink? She looked at Ash, smile fading. Her eyes were fixed on Matt. Maybe I need a leash. Do you have whiskey? Marianne suggested. When he was in the kitchen, she took Ash's hand. What's wrong? Nothing, my girl. After a minute, she shook herself. She was being weird. Could you say that to someone like Ash? He's okay. I know. Not that kind of okay. Like, he's a friend. He still smells like dog. Bobo is a good guy, too. Ash finally broke and smiled, and by the time Matt came back, she was more herself, seated gracefully in the corner of his fancy sofa. Marianne was cross-legged on the other end, and realized too late that everyone else was sitting like adults. She took out her notebook and pen, her purple, sparkly pen. God. Oh well, it writes just as well as a bick. Tell us everything you remember. It isn't much. I was just getting off work, talking with a couple of the guys in the parking lot, not far from the water, he added with a guilty look at Marianne. When I was unlocking the car door, it sounded like music, like when a car passes you on the road and you can't quite catch the words. He took a drink. His eyes were a million miles away. I guess I must have stood there for a while. Everyone else cleared out, so it was just me. Went to get in my car and I heard it again. What kind of music was it? She asked. He frowned. Just a voice, maybe. But not some pop song. It sounded old. Like how churches have choruses and there's no music, just 
voices. He snapped his fingers. Like Gregorian chanting or something. Or Enya, because it was a woman. Did you understand what it was saying? Ash asked. Not really. I couldn't tell you any words. Just a feeling. Like a mood. What feeling? It... She was so sad. Alone. She wanted me to come home. His voice turned soft somehow. Not quite there. You okay? Yeah. Sorry. He ran his fingers through his hair. So how'd you get away? Trek came along. Blasted its horn. Guess it was loud enough to break the spell and I got the hell out of there. Ash moved, leaning over to look at Marianne's notebook. She offered it, and Ash flipped back a few pages to the frantic scrawl of Marianne's attempt to remember all she could after hope. A white finger trailed over the page. Then she looked up at Matt and spoke a few words in some language Marianne didn't know. It sounded rusty even to Marianne, but recognition flooded Matt's face. That's it. That's what the words sounded like. What language is it? It's a dialect from Northern Europe. Like Scandinavian? Ash nodded. From a place called the Faroe Islands. Can we have a moment alone? Matt looked at Marianne. Mmm, sure. I'll go... Order pizza. He vanished into the kitchen. What is it? A thought. A theory. She was quiet. Marianne hesitated, then elbowed her gently. It seemed to pull her out of her reverie. Her smooth fingers laced between Marianne's. Astrid. Who? Ash tapped the notebook page. Marianne frowned at her own note about a yellow light. Light? No. No, he's dead. That doesn't mean they are. Her hand squeezed. But he is. His days of hurting you are done. Us. Us. Ash nodded. Marianne closed her eyes and nodded firmly. Ash was there. They were together. Things would be okay. Why do you think it's... Uh, Astrid, you'd say. Sounds cooler your way. It's been a long time since I spoke that tongue. She was like us? Ash nodded. I tried. You won lots, right? You saved me. You had your frying pan. You would have been fine. Jesus. Ash smiled. What made you think it was this Astrid person? Yearning. Loneliness. Astrid went to the water every day. Her lover was a sailor. She watched for his ship. That sounds cool. Nice. Romantic. That's how you lured her to him. He toyed with her. By the time I found her, he'd convinced her that he could bring her man home. Nothing I said could turn her from her path. But she's free now. Why is she hurting people? I don't know. They'd played. They were innocent, right? Victims. Girls who he'd lied to just to steal. To steal them. But also to make them want to be stolen. He'd played them. Maybe she doesn't understand what happened. Like a cult, you know. They keep on believing. If you could explain somehow, maybe she'd remember you trying to help. Listen to you. If we could find her. She didn't. When we fought. Ash said. She was angry. We could... Calm her down or something. And then what? Safe to come in? Matt called. Ash squeezed her hand and slid back to her side of the sofa. Pizza'll be a few minutes. Hope you like a Hawaiian. Heathen. Okay. Matt flopped back into his chair. So what's happening? What's with the singing in Swedish? Not Swedish. Faroese. Okay. Faroese. Am I gonna keep hearing it? Is that thing coming back? turn me into a popsicle?'
He laughed awkwardly. No. Not if you help, Ash said. What? Marianne spoke without thinking. Ash watched Matt closely. Marianne didn't think she was whammying him. She'd promised she wouldn't go around doing that willy-nilly. It would be a fine thing to have a chat with this beastie. Ash, you want to talk to it? Matt leaned forward. How? Matt! We can find a place that will keep you safe. Bait, you'll be safe. I can keep it at bay. I did before. Yeah, how did you do that? A lady never tells. This isn't right. We don't even know if we can talk to it. Matt shrugged, sparing Marianne a glance before looking back at Ash. Only one way to find out. It's always a pleasure to find a man of his word. Scarce as hen's teeth. Ash's accent was stronger, a trickle of light tracing her veins. So what's the plan? It doesn't look like guys just walk away from this thing. Ash was silent for a minute, thinking. Marianne tried to get Matt's attention. It wasn't like she didn't trust Ash, but the whole thing felt weird to her. Two problems. One, you'll try to get to it. Two, it will kill you if it gets angry or frustrated. And we don't know why it gets upset. Ash nodded. We can keep you from going to it. She nodded to the entranceway, where a dog harness hung. Tie me up? Okay. What about two? I've some hope that I can convince it not to. And if you can't? I fight it again, and Marianne gets some miles between you. It still found me after hope. Safe to assume it's attached itself to you. We can take you inland and buy some time. Okay, cool. Simple plan. Clean. I like it. When? Tomorrow night. Sounds good. He sounded eager. When the doorbell rang, he bounced up to get the pizza. What's wrong, my girl? Nothing. There is, though. It's okay. It's cool. Ash's eyes lingered until Matt returned. The pizza was great, at least. And she got Ash's unwanted pineapple. Ash didn't even complain about the beer, and hummed one of her old-sounding songs on the way to the car. Guess everything is cool, then. They swung by Matt's work building. It didn't look much like an office, much less a high-tech place. More like a warehouse. The Pacific washed up against docks not far away, and a line of scrawny trees was strung between in a failed attempt to pretty up the industrial view. We can tie him up to the car. Reel him in if things go bad. He's not a fish. Do you not want him involved? I thought you did. She glanced at Ash and looked down. You both have a good plan. You both want to do it. Say the word and it's over. I'll think of something else. It wasn't really wrong, their plan, was it? No, it's cool. I don't know why I'm being so bitchy. You're too hard on yourself. Ash turned on the radio. The dashboard glowed. It was them and the radio. Marianne closed her eyes. She could trust Ash. It was okay. Things would be okay. The rush of well-being nearly made her cry. Things would be okay. My Marianne. She took Marianne's hand. Damn sappy songs. <laughs>